He's still the king. Our joy is not of this world. Our joy comes from him. Amen. Do you agree with that? Now, we want to shake things up a little bit. And I want you to take out a pen and paper, take some notes, because I want to share something, and I never do this, but the Lord rebuked me for not doing this. So I'm going to do this. I want to change things. I want to do the things the right way. The times we're living in is spurious. I remember 8 December 2019, I stood here in front of the church and I prophesied. I said that the Lord is going to shake the church. The body of Christ will be shaken. I said that people will fall away. We are living in the great falling away. But I believe for the times coming, the body of Christ must be debt free. Okay, I'm going to speak to you on this side. The body of Christ must be debt free. Let's say that one more time. The body of Christ must be debt free. One more time. The body of Christ must be debt free. Now. I'm going to say some things that people are not going to like. I'm going to say some things that people are going to like. But I'm going to tell you this. If it's in the Word of God, don't be angry at me. All right? It's not unbiblical. I'm going to, I'm going to shake some people's doctrine. Prosperity is not unbiblical. I want, to, I want to teach you the term unbiblical. Unbiblical is if I teach on a something, a doctrine, I quote something that's not found in the Bible. In other words, if, they, if, if I tell you about an event that you can't see recorded in the Word of God, it's unbiblical. But it can't be unbiblical if the Bible speaks 2,000 times about money. It can't be unbiblical if God has blessed Isaac so much that the king asked him to move out of the country because Isaac has so much stuff. It can't be unbiblical if the Bible says that Solomon was the richest king and the richest person who's ever lived. Can I just hit you with some knowledge? If they have to take... Uh, uh, Solomon's net worth in today's terms. Do you know what Solomon's net worth was? 2.2 trillion US dollars. That was his net worth. You say prosperity is unbiblical? David's net worth before he died was 85 billion US dollars in today's terms. Come on, the Bible says that Isaac sowed in that land and he, the Bible says the, the man enlarged greatly. He was so rich, he didn't know what to do with his money. Job was so rich and after Satan tried to destroy him, God gave him back double for his trouble. If prosperity is so unbiblical, why does Third John says, I he says, Beloved, I wish that you prosper. I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. So prosperity is, listen, people that's against prosperity, go to hell. Because heaven is not going to be for you. The Bible says there's streets of gold, there's pearls of, come on, gates of pearls. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the right crowd. These people are so afraid of prosperity. Why? It's not coming to you. A woman said the other day, well, you know, I saw on, on Facebook this woman, she, she commented on one of my videos that I was preaching on the blessing of Abraham. And then she says, this guy is false. What he's preaching is unbiblical. Just after I opened my Bible, I read it out of the Bible. She said, what I said is unbiblical. You know, the... the span of a goldfish as I said last week is the lift is not going up and then she says he's never preaching about hell he's never preaching against sin all the time that's the only this is why the church is empty it's because I preach against sin I preach I preach about the hell and she says oh this is just prosperity this is this is a facet and prosperity is not just money 
I wish that you prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. But the, the thing is that I believe that the Lord wants the body of Christ to be completely debt-free. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing, except to love one another. I want, I, I want, to hear you, I want you to understand this. I, I, I started studying, where did the wealth of Solomon, where did it end up? 2.2 trillion US dollars. Do you know where it ended up? In Egypt. Egypt is the world system. In other words, the world system got the money that was supposed to be for the just. So the world has gotten the children of God's money. A woman asked the other night on one of my life, why does a pastor need money? Uh, because I get food for free. I fly for free. I go to Absalom. I'm not paying my mortgage. I'm not paying my rent. I'm a pastor. Come on, Delta. I'm here to fly. Open up. Go a business class. It's not how it works. All right? If I don't pay, I don't stay. And I go to Italian and say, hey, freebie, I'm a pastor. Sign me up. Where's the free stuff? It doesn't work that way. You need money, I need money. She said, money's not important. I want to ask her, why are you going to work then? So the only way out of debt, and, we, and there's a reason I do this right now, because I want to show you scripture. Can we go to the book of Psalm 96, and verse, verse 8? So what I read now is not unbiblical. It's in the Bible. Okay? David the psalmist says, Give to the Lord the glory due to His name. Bring an offering before... Go back. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Please go back to verse 8. So what David said, to the right thing to do is to bring God glory. What does it mean? So first of all, we praise the Lord. Amen. We praise Him. We give Amen. Him the glory. Then David said, I have to bring an, an offering. What is an offering? An offering is a form of worship. Amen. People don't understand this. You know, and I, you can be angry at me, this is a fact. You know how many people give an offering or how many people don't even get up to give unto the Lord? Because they're afraid that the pastor is going to get Kentucky after the service. Come on, I'm going, to, I'm going to open up your eyes to finances a little bit. Can I? Can I do that? So David said, if you give an offering, an offer, when you offer unto the Lord, it is part of your worship. In other words, if I give God my money, I worship God with my money. Your attitudes towards money is the way your attitude is toward God. So when I bring my money to the Lord, so what we do is normally is, listen people, if you want to give to the Lord, come and give to the Lord. You know, if not, I don't want to offend you. Just take your money and, you know, go. But it's wrong. David said, it should be a form of worship. When I offer unto the Lord, it should be a part of my worship unto the Lord. And, and David said that this is, the, this is the way forward. You have to praise God, bring Him glory. Number two, you bring Him an offering. Yes. And after, what does He say after? You worship Him. So your offering, come on, is part of your worship. Did you get this? David went on. He even said this when they wanted to give him a land to build for the Lord. He said, I'm not giving unto the Lord anything that has cost me nothing. It's an insult to the Lord if I give unto the Lord something that has not cost me anything. And I want to hit you with knowledge. Everything that you have belongs to the Lord. Come on, one more time. I said, everything that you have belongs to the Lord. So don't tell me that offering is not important. Right through scripture. Did you know that the Bible speaks about money 2,000 times? 2,000 times the scripture speaks about money. The only way out of, out of lack and out of debt. And my, listen, me and my house. We made that decision. I'm going to sow my way out of debt. I trust the Lord Almighty. There will be no more debt. And the only way out is to give. That's the only way you break the cycle of lack. 
people don't like this. People don't like to hear this. Jesus said this. You can't serve, you can't serve mammon and him. Mammon is greed. Mammon has to do with money. Because that's what gets people angry. You need to take their money. Amen? Come on, shout somebody, shout. Hallelujah. Then, I'm not going to... You can, you can study this. Leviticus 27, the Bible speaks about the tithe. What is a tithe? A tithe is 10% of what you get. Of everything. Now, here's the angry side. That means your business too. If your business does not tithe, the windows of heaven is not open. Basically, tithing is Old Testament. Ah, I'm going to get there now. I'm going to get there now. I've got that one backed up. All right, so, you, you, so people tithe out of their salaries, but not out of their business. And then they wonder why the contracts, why the, the doors is not open the way it's supposed to be. It's because the tithe, according to Malachi chapter 3, the tithe opened the windows of heaven. That's what the tithe does. In other words, when I tithe, the door is opened. When I tithe, heaven is opened. And I'll, I'll prove that to you in the book of Genesis. It happened exactly the same with Jacob. And I'll quote that now. But the Bible doesn't say bring your tithe to the storehouse. It says bring your tithe and your offering. So your tithe opens up the windows of heaven while your offering brings the blessing. Amen. Did you get that? Yes. Come on, did you get that? Amen. Who remembered when Jacob was running away, he had nothing, the scripture says, so he, he took a rock and he slept on the rock and he had a dream that the heavens were opened. And he saw a ladder and he saw the angels of God ascending and descending. That's what the scripture said. And when he woke up, he said, God is in this place. I don't even knew this. And then he made a vow to the Lord. Here's the vow. He said, Lord, if you take care of me, you make sure I have something to eat, something to wear. I vow that I will give you a tithe of everything that you, that you, that you give me. In other words, when the, when the windows of heavens was open, Jacob understood God has opened up the heavens for me. And he said, now Lord, my covenant with you is that I will tithe everything that you give me. Why do I say everything that he gives me? Because everything that you have has not been earned because you're the businessman or you are clever or you went to university. Everything that you have comes directly from the Lord God Almighty. He says, you, 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 you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he, come on, who gives you power to get wealth. Now you have to quickly understand this. Number one, I want you to shout this. We give him glory. Number two, shout, bring him an offering. Number three, worship the Lord. Let me quickly tell you this. Do you know when you were a worshiper of God, you're not a, you're not a taker. You're a giver. True worshipers of the Lord is never, give, it's never takers, they are givers. And, and listen, I want to take an example. Robbie, my brother-in-law, his little daughter, he's, she's four years old. I always use that as, as an example. The reason why is I told her this morning, the car doesn't want to start, so we can't go to church. She was very upset. She says, no, then I can't give an offering to Jesus. She called me in the back. She opened up a little purse. She said, look, 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 all this money is for the Lord. She was so excited when she had the opportunity to bring her money. She walked back. She said to me, do you think Jesus is happy? Now imagine a child getting upset for not going to church because she can't give an offering to the Lord at four years old. We can learn so much from them, people. I say we can learn so much. This is why Jesus says, if you don't believe like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. Today what we do is we keep it. it must be so, you must be so excited to give unto the Lord. You, you, didn't, you didn't expect this because Vesel never speaks about money. But I want to see people totally debt free. 
and honoring God with all of the substance. Proverbs says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your substance. Now I want to explain something to you. Your tithe, what, does, what happened with the tithe? So people say, vessel tithing is Old Testament because it's in Malachi. found the, the last book of the Old Testament. Wrong. Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek 400 years before the law. The law is not, listen to me, people think that Jesus came to destroy the law. It's wrong. Jesus said himself, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill it. John, or John, when he says, brethren, I, I, or beloved, I wish that you prosper. All right? So what does the theologian say? Um, it's not the Lord that said that. You know, John said that to one of his friends. But doesn't, doesn't Timothy says the whole word of God has been inspired by God, has been given unto prophets through the inspiration of God. In other words, if John says, I wish that you prosper, it is God himself that says, I wish that you prosper. Shout hallelujah. Do you get that? So when it, when it comes to understanding that how the tithing work, Abraham gave to Melchizedek. Melchizedek, by the way, was a high priest. What did the high priest do with the tithe? Now, let me just get those people who says, oh, the high pastor still already carries a geld. The, the Bible says, he who ministers from the temple must live off the temple. In other words, when the tithe was received by a high priest, what did the high priest do with the tithe? He lived off it. He sustained the temple with it. All right? Abraham did not go to him and say, I'll give to you. But if I find you, buy a Kentucky. Did not do that. Melchizedek did not pay tithe. You will not find in the scripture that Melchizedek paid tithe. Because he was the high priest. In other words, today you don't have high priests, you have preachers. We, we tithe. I believe in tithe. I'm not preaching on tithe and I'm not tithing myself. We tithe. I can tell you something. I tithe even when I have not bought groceries. It's very quiet again. You know, Jesus himself says, give unto Caesar what's due to Caesar, and give unto God what's due to God. But what do people do? People pay Caesar, but they don't pay God. They insult God. Woo, it's quiet again. They insult the Lord. And then they want to pray, Lord, bless me financially. Do you know the one day I stood in the church, and I wanted to pray for people, financial breakthrough, and the Lord rebuked me. He says, I'm not violating my word. I can only bless those who do what my word says to do. You can't live like the devil and expect God to bless you supernaturally. It doesn't work that way. Come on, say hallelujah. So Malachi chapter 3, it says the following. He says, now, hear me, hear me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Leviticus, it says that the Lord, did you know that the Lord put interest 25% if they did not tithe? There was add-on 25% according to the book of Leviticus. The Leviticus law that God said to them, I will, I will, I will add interest because you have not tithed. And then you go back to you quote Malachi chapter 3. It says, shall a man rob God? How did we rob God? Through our tithes and our offerings. Amen. Tithe and offering. A tithe is not what you do for the poor. The tithe is not when you give to your mother who is in an old age home. That's not a tithing. That's an alm. Do you get that? And an alm, the scripture says, what is, the, what is the, the rate of exchange of an alm? The Bible says, who gives to, whoever gives to the poor lends to the Lord. In other words, so if you give 100 rand to the poor, God gives you 100 rand back. That's what the alm does. Nothing wrong helping the poor. The Bible says you will have the poor among you for always. For the reason, because people don't know the, what people want to do with the poor. People want to, want to give the poor the, a fish instead of teaching them how to fish. 
You give them a feast they eat today, but you teach them how to feast they eat the lifetime. Do you understand this? So, so a lot of people think that your, your tithe, you know, I've heard a lot of people say to me, well, you know, my tithe goes to the poor. It's not the tithe. The tithe belongs to the Lord, not to people. And the tithe's job is, the Bible says, the Lord himself says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. What does this mean? This means my car tires. It just keeps on going. The fridge works a little bit longer. Because when the enemy comes with destruction, even in your children, what the Bible says, the tithe protects. The Lord himself rebukes the devourer for your sake. Come on, don't be, don't be so quiet now. That's what the tithe does. The Bible says the tithe opens up the windows of heaven. But the scripture speaks about the offering. And what does the word offering mean? Go Google it. Be angry at Google, not me. It costs you something. So when you take out that tender and note and you squeeze him until Mandela gets tears in the eyes, that's not an offering. It costs you nothing. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching with. Or that Chinese offering. Ching ling 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 ling. Now I will I will go deeper now. But so the, the, what the happens is now the tithe opens up the windows of heaven. So basically, what, what, why do I have to tithe? Now people, hear me, why does the, the, the front row get so empty? Everybody's standing there in the back. When I spoke about tithes, everybody's running. There's a speaker in the toilet. People think that when the church speaks about money, it's for them. <laughs> you don't understand this. We don't work for people. We work for God. If we say tithe and give, it's for yourself. Because the Bible says when you honor God of your substance, He will take care of you. The Bible says I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor ever His descendants begging for bread. So to go back to this quickly, the tithe opens the windows of heaven. The, the, and, and gives you open doors, gives you favor. Shout favor. The offering that's what's on top of that, that brings to you the blessing of the Lord. The offering works in this way. The Bible says some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. So when you, when you sow an offering, please hear me. Don't just run to the church and throw in your mind and go sit down. You better take that seat in your hand. You better speak to that seat and say you have a destination. You have a purpose. You have to, before you throw in your money, you have to decide the week prior with your wife and say, how are we going to honor the Lord with our substance this week? And be, then what you have to do is, Lord, our money is not, it's just not, just nothing. This is for the kingdom's sake. You have to understand if, you, if, you're, if you're giving, it has no longer the cross in it. Don't give. You can't remove the cross from your giving. I'm saying this to help you because next week people come and say, Vessel, pray for me financial breakthroughs. I spoke to Amanda one day. I said, do you know what I'm tired of? I spoke to a preacher. So I spoke heart to heart. I said, I'm tired of trusting. I said, sometimes it gets hard. Do you know what he said to me? His answer shook me. He said, I've got bad news for you as a preacher. For you with anointing. I said, I don't want to hear bad news. He says, here comes the bad news. You're going to have to trust the Lord. Your whole entire life. He says, even if you have 500 million rand in your bank, you're going to trust the Lord. He says, because the Lord will continue to increase the vision. And souls cost money. To be on television costs millions of rands a month. Trust me. I know exactly what I'm talking about. So he says, you're going to continue to trust the Lord. And alm is what you do for the poor. This is what you give to the poor. Then the Bible speaks about first fruits. Your first fruits is, is, say for instance, you get an increase at your job. The increase you give unto the Lord. 
The Bible even says that they decided either they can give it to the priest or they can give it to the temple. They can decide what to do with their money. And then after that, whatever you receive is yours. But you have to understand this to honor God with your tithe and your offering. It's not just, you know, the, 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 the sad thing is, I was in a church, I was the preacher. I was preaching there. We had 2,000 rand on our name. That's what we had. And it was in Eileen's wallet. Now the problem is if, if there's money in Eileen's wallet, it doesn't stay there long. She'll give away everything. You know how many times she empty, emptied our bank accounts to give unto the work of the Lord? Trust me, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Then she sleeps at night and I complain, Lord, my wife gave away everything. I know exactly what I'm talking about. So this day we sat in the church and she took that 2,000 and all that we had, she threw it into the basket because we thought it's for the church wherever I was ministering. And then, so we gave 2,000, and uh, long story short, after the service, a guy came to me. The pastor said, by the way, he said, listen, we are, the offering that came in, we're going to give it to their ministry. That's what he said. If I knew that, I wouldn't have put money in the basket, first of all. <laughs> then a guy came to me afterwards. He said, um, yes, what a great message. Thank you for blessing us. We gave you a big, big blessing in the offering. The Lord just spoke to us to give us to you. The pastor came to me and said, we've, we've got problems, we have to sit. I said, what's wrong? He says, the offering was terrible. He said, the offering only came up to 800 rand. I gave 2,000 of my own money. My goodness. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I promise you that church is no longer today. It just closed down. Not because they decided to close down the church. Not because he went away, because the church is closed down, because there's no honor. Amen. Say amen. amen. Say amen one more time. Amen. So I'm nearly done. I'm nearly done. You know, Israel came to before the Lord three times a year. Three times a year. And every time they came, God says, do not come empty-handed. How can we come empty-handed before the Lord? Amen. And again, let me just say this again. Now, the tithe is not Old Testament. The tithe was given unto Melchizedek 400 years before the law. Hebrews chapter 7 says that now Jesus Christ receives our tithes and our offerings. Did you know that when you give your money to the Lord, Jesus Christ himself receives it and represents it before the Father? That's what the Bible says. He's our high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And a high priest who lives forevermore. Come on. And whose priesthood will continue for all eternity. So if you want to be blessed and prospered and get out of financial debt, you have to tithe and offer. You have to tithe and you have to offer. And let me say this to you, the reason why you have to tithe. You don't tithe because you go to a church. Let me just quickly say this. Look me in the eye. I'm not a cool preacher. I'm an anointed preacher. I'm not a preacher that preaches here and, and drinks like a pig during the week. All right? And preach something else. No, that's not vessel to brain. So I'm not a cool guy. I'm a guy that runs with world evangelism because the world is dying without Christ Jesus. This morning, the Lord quickened my spirit. I said to Eileen, I said, Eileen, look at the people walking their dogs, running, jogging, riding bicycles. I said, South Africa is turning into Europe and the church don't even know it. There's churches in South Africa that's still not open. Where's the voice of the church? Uh, come, uh, come on. So you don't just sow your tithe anywhere. You sow into world evangelism. You give to a place where there's signs, wonders, miracles, where there's truth. Where there's truth of the word of God. Where the power of the spirit is flowing. That's where you give because you can't go into the street and pour out your corn on the tar road and expect the harvest to come up. It doesn't work that way. I said it doesn't work that way. 
You have to honor God with your tithe. Why a tithe? A tithe shows you that you put God first in your life. That's what the tithe does. So if you receive X amount of money at the salary, 10% goes to the Lord. Somebody comes to bless you, 10% goes to the Lord. My son, I'm going to use him as an example. He's praying for something for Christmas. He has a desire in his heart. And, and somebody gave him money. He came to me, he said, Dad, I paid up a deposit for the thing that I wanted. I said, where? He said, in church. He says, because everything that you paid a deposit on is yours. So I gave unto the Lord. And then he, he had something, other money came in, and, 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 and Eileen said something powerful. She said, if what you have is not what you need, it's not your harvest, it's your seed. And he came to me, he said, I'm giving it all away. I said, why? He says, because that's not what I need. It will help with what I need, but I'm, that's not what I'm being praying for. So I'm giving it away. You see, to create that culture. Oh my goodness, you don't hear this. This is why I'm already at the age of four years old, have a giving heart, because it's a culture that has been created through her aunt. Give and it shall be given. A good measure, shaken together, pressed down, and running over, shall man give unto your bosom. You cannot outgive God. You can never outgive God. Why is this man speaking about money? Because next week you're going to sit here and say, I quit him, I'm going to do for the rest for him, auntie. Because you have not listened to the man of God preaching the word of the Lord. You tithe out of what you get out of your business. You give a thing unto the Lord. When you tithe out of your business, what do you say? Lord, this business is not mine. You are the CEO. Come on, you are our boss. Ooh, it's quiet in this place. And you'll see the windows of heaven open over your life in a supernatural way. Now, let me just touch this and I'm done. Abraham paid tithing to Melchizedek. The Bible says in the book of Galatians that now I am heir of Abraham. Amen. Blessed beyond the curse. So the blessing of Abraham comes upon me. So if prosperity is unbiblical, they have to wipe out that scripture in the Bible. I am no longer under the curse. I don't care who what religious spirit says. Lack is a curse. Poverty is a curse. It's not because your mama was poor and your daddy was poor, you need to be poor. No. You can break that cycle by giving. You're speaking to a giving guy. I gave away everything. If you can, if you can think about it, we gave it away. Think about it. We gave it away. I've got people that can witness with me. If you can think about it, we've given it away. Why? Because the day will come. Where I can go to before the Lord and say, I don't go and say, Lord, I've got a need. I go to the Lord and say, Lord, remember me. I'm a sower. I have the right, Lord, to claim back. Woo! And we don't just give to give, get something back. By the way, it's stupid to give and not expect something back. When you give, my goodness, unto the work of the Lord, especially in the harvest of souls, you will, you will, not, you will have so much money, you will not have, you'll be able to, to know what to do with it. God is not a respecter of man, people. If he blessed Isaac in such a way that the king asked him just to leave his country. Where Abraham came and said, listen, Lord, you have to move either left or right. I don't care where I'm going, I'm blessed. But we have too much possessions. We can't live in a city together. Imagine you and your sister have to decide. You play in Pretoria, I in Johannesburg, but our besittings is not too much. Hallelujah. Come on, shout yes if you're with me. So for those who have not yet given, there's buckets in the front. No pressure. How do we worship God? How do we worship God? Not just like this. David said you worship Him with your finances. You bring an offering unto the Lord. Please put that card 
or the banking details on the screen card machine there in the back. Before you come up, and, and if, you, if you came up, you gave already, and you know in your heart that's not what God asked you to do, then you have to come up again. And when you sit down and you feel it's not, you come up again. Until you get to that place where a culture has been created. Where you know that, and, and, and again, if you're giving emotionally today, don't give. God loves a cheerful giver. Not an emotional giver. Not because I promise you that you'll be a millionaire if you give me 10,000 rand in the next five minutes. I know a lot of guys that does that. There's 10 people that the Lord says, if you give 10,000 rand now, by the end of this year, you'll be a millionaire. That's not what Basil the Brain says. Basil the Brain just quotes what the Word of God says. I honor him with my money. I don't, give the, I don't give to the Lord because somebody told me I'm going to be a millionaire. I give unto the Lord because I worship him. Come on, I adore him. Men, we need men of God. You know, I, I promise you this. You will see your, your son will talk to his mom the way you talk to your wife. Let me speak with this side. The children see dad speaks terrible to their mother. The children speaks the same way to the mother. Men that's, that's filled of Holy Spirit walk in the fear of the Lord. They lead their children, their wife to the Lord. That's what we do. Come on. I said that's what we do. And this is why it's important to understand you can't live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You can't live a life of power and victory without the Holy Spirit. You'll always live in defeat without the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that one more time. You will always live in defeat if you don't live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to I quickly speak this to you. That even Moses had this problem when God said to him, I'm going to use you. You're going to go to Egypt. You're going to go to that worldly system. And you're going to let my people go. I'm going to use your life. And Moses came in as I'll read it to you now. But Moses, he was confused. He said, he said, suppose I go to them and they ask me, what is this guy's name? What is this God's name that speaks to you? What, what will I say? And the Lord answered him and he said, you tell them, I am what I am. I am that I am. Say with me, I am. That I am. That was one of the first names that God gave to Moses. When anybody inquire of you who I am, you tell them I am. I am the beginning and I am the end. And, and, and you have to understand when God presented himself as the I am, he was also speaking about the Holy Spirit. He was also speaking about God the Word. The Holy Spirit is the same Spirit today that was operating through the life of Jesus. He's still here today. Here, right now. Come on, I said here, right now. He's still healing. He's still destroying the yokes of, come on, of every demonic power. He's still casting out demons. The Holy Spirit still raises the dead. He still cleanses the lepers. He still brings forth holiness to the church. He still brings forth the word of God that pierces so, come on, that it divides soul from spirit. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that is still alive in this place today. The world hates the spirit of God. They, they describe his works to the works of devils. Come on, the world hate him. Jesus said they will hate him because they are not of him. They are of this world. He said if they were of me. This is why Jesus says I am from above and not from beneath. I'm not from this world. Watch me, look at me, hear me. You are not of this world. I said you are not of my God. I said you are not of this world. You are not of this world. This is why I declare in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, whoever believes this, receives this. I declare no COVID, no lockdown will keep you poor, broken, and defeated. You are not from the, come on, you are from above. You are from above. 
This is why God could have freely said to Isaac, even if there's a famine in the land, it will not affect you. You just do what I tell you to do because I am provider. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord, your physician. Hallelujah. He said, I'll take care of you because I am. That I am. Look me in the eye. His name is not I was or I will be one day in the future. His name is I am. In other words, the, the same God who said to Moses in the desert, I am. He's still saying to you today, I am. That I am. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on. The God of Noah. The God of Moses. I am Him. Come on. I am the one who your forefathers spoke about. I am Him. I feel Jesus in this place. I said, I feel Jesus in this place. Come on, somebody, I want some crazy people. I declare this that demons are running seven different directions. Loads are being broken by the power of God. The pressure must go now in Jesus' mighty name. It must be broken. Let me tell you the difference between you and the person that's jumping up. It's a mindset. When that mindset is being broken, you'll understand that you will walk in victory. Can I preach to you? Jesus was performing miracles, signs, wonders. And, and, and the whole world was amazed. They even heard about what Jesus was doing. And in his private time, he said to Simon, who does man say that I am? Amen. He said, Lord, so in other words, what Jesus said, what revelation? What does people think about me? I said, you Lord, you are Jeremiah. They call you a prophet. That's what we heard, Lord. He said, Peter, hang on. Or Simon, hang on. Who do you say? Amen. I like what Jesus said. Who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not just anybody. You are the living Christ, the one who they prophesied, the seed of David. Come on, the seed that will destroy the serpent's head. Come on, you are the all-sufficient Savior, the one who will die on the cross, the Christ, the Messiah. Come on, you are the Savior of the world, the healer that Exodus 15, 26 speaks about, the Lord, my healer, the one who takes away all my disease. Come on, Lord, you are the rose of Sharon. Lord, you are the, the lily of the valley. Lord, you are the rock of ages. You are the lion in the tribe of Judah. Who does man say that I am? Oh Lord, I say that you are wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. You are Prince of Peace. The El Shaddai, the Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Tikkuni, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rofeka. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Wow, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, name above every other name. My rock, my fortress, my strong tower, my power, the glory and the lifter of my head. You are my gate. Lord, you are my door. You are my veil. Can I go on? Can I preach? You are my holy place. You are my secret place. Oh, my confidence since my youth. Woo! Oh, wow, my beloved, you are him, Lord. You are the one that they say, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Woo. You are the sinner's savior. You are the gate to glory. Who does man say 
that I am. We say you are wonderful. You are everything that your word says you are. You are. Wow. My reward. My victory. My joy. My peace. Come on. My friend. Come on, give an extra shout of praise if you believe that. Oh, my confidence since my youth. That rock that is higher than I, that's who you are. When I'm weak, you are strong. That's who you are. Come on, when I decrease, you come on, when I decrease, you increase. That's who you are. You are a provider. That city on the hill. The light of the world. The bread of life. Come on. The waters of living fountain. Come on. That's who you are. Heaven's sweetheart. Earth savior. That's who you are. By the way, I didn't plan on saying that today. It normally comes through relationship, you know. I can go on for hours. Speaking about Jesus, the most beautiful man I know. Come on. The no, oh, there's no sweeter name. There's no more holier name. Who do you say? Who do I say? Who sent me? I am. It does not get deeper. It does not get higher. It does not get more powerful. That's the ultimate. I am. Shout yes. One more time. Why did it get you excited when I spoke about Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit make him real to you. Whoa, this is why this church is all about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. It's not about a man. It's about him. It's about him. When we lift him up, he will draw all men unto him. The Savior of the world. Let every devil in hell hear me. The blood of Jesus is sufficient to set these people free. Let them go in Jesus' name. Let them go in Jesus' name. Let them go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let them go in Jesus' name. You are victorious this morning. I don't care what they said to you before the service started. I don't care what people call you, what people think about you. I tell you, Jesus adores you. The apple of his eye. The apple of his eye. I want to high five you. When the devil has been caught out, he must repay sevenfold. Today, joy is coming. Come on, receive that joy. Breakthrough is coming. Receive that breakthrough. Come on. Liberty is coming. Receive that liberty. Freedom is coming. Woo! Receive that freedom. Yes. Yes. Your children are being saved. Yes. My marriage is not going down. Yes. So Peter, the point I tried to make, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Simon, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, you did not just hear this, but it came through revelation. 
from my Father in heaven. He revealed to you, no one can come to Jesus unless the Father pulls him. What revelation did you receive? He, then he said, you are the Christ. When, when Simon said, you are the Christ, Jesus said, now, I'll call you Peter. In other words, Peter, what revelation did you get from me? Who do you think that I am? Amen? You are the Christ. So, what, what's my identity to you? Some call you healer. Some call you provider. Some call you deliverer. Some call you savior. Some call you prophet. Some call you most high. What identity do you have? And he says, now, because you have received my identity, I'll tell you who you are in me. Amen. Oh, you didn't get this. This is why he said, from now on, I'll no longer call you Simon. I will call you Peter. I'm giving you your identity without me. This is why people have an identity crisis. Outside of Christ, there's identity crises. This is why I'm not standing here telling you that I'm defeated. I'm no, not even a sinner saved by grace. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Come on, I'm the head and not the tail. I've received my identity in the Lord. I'm blessed sitting down, blessed standing up, blessed in the field, blessed in the city, saved by amazing grace. So he said to Peter, he said, because you received the identity, now you know who I am, I'll tell you who you are in me. This is why the Bible says that in him we live and we move and we have our being. You are who you are. Can I go on? This is why Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm going to get deep now. So hold on to your horses. Then he said to him, I'm going to build my church on you. The gates of hell will not prevail against them. I know the world wants to see the church fail. World, listen to me, is not happening. The gates of hell, I said the gates of hell will not prevail against the body of Christ. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. Vessel, are we in the tribulation? No. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. As long as the church is there, there's no tribulation. There's favor. There's grace. Until the church is leaving. World very soon, the church is leaving. Oh, world very soon. The church is leaving. Who do you say that? You are the soon and coming king. And then Jesus said to him, now I'm going to add on to this. I'm going to give you the power of attorney. I'm going to give you such power that whatever you bind on earth, I'll approve it in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, I'll lose in heaven. Let me quickly tell you, when the saint starts to pray, it's, this is why is a, a, a born again child of God that knows the perfect will of God is a dangerous person. He doesn't go to the Lord, Lord, if this is your will, now you declare, Father, your word says, I declare this in the name of Jesus. You bind it on earth, bound in heaven. So what Jesus says, when you understand the true identity in him, I'll give you the power of attorney. In other words, you will do the work that I did and even greater work than these because I go to my Father. Is somebody listening to me? This is why if people ask me, who do you think you are? How much time do you have? I can tell you who I am. I can tell you exactly what the Bible says about me. Whether you like me, you don't like me, who cares? The Bible knows exactly who I am and I know who I am in Him. Shout yes. yes. One more time. Yes. One more time. Yes. 
I, I pray to the Lord today that the I am will become so strong, so real to you that you will walk out of this place. Now, I want you to understand this. There's more than 7,000 I am's in the scripture. More than 7,000. People don't even believe one of them. More than 7,000 I am's. Now, can I quickly say this to you? So many people cuss. They use the word of the Lord as a cussing. They say, I am sick. I am broke. Oh, you don't get this. I am in pain. I am lonely. I thought, Paul says, I am what I am. By the grace of God. This is why you have to check your mouth when you use the name of God in vain. When you say, I am sick, you are using God's name in vain. I am is not sick. I am is the healer of the world. Come on, by his stripes, you are. Oh, I am worried. You use God's name in vain. I am is not worried. I am the peace of this world. Hallelujah. Do you get this? I hope it gets, it gets stuck to somebody. Before you say, I am, you have to check yourself. I am what God says I am. Come on. I am blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I am what God says I am. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. One more time. John 8 verse 12 says, I am the light of the world. The light of the world. While the world is in darkness, we are the light. You might say, well, they spoke about Jesus. Well, we are in Him and He is in us. He says that we are the light of the world. Come on, we are people with salt. Salt brings some flavor. Who have ever had a brine and you put sugar on your meat? You don't do that. You put salt because salt brings flavor. We bring the flavor, baby, to this world. We season this world. This is why the world is in danger when the church has left off. When the church... Goes on to that roko. No more salt. Facts. If you take sugar, you put it on an open wound, it gets worse. Ask a doctor. Put salt, pulls it close. This is what happens. This is why Jesus did not say, You are the sugar of the world, you are the salt. The salt brings a sting, but it heals. Oh, they, they get this. It brings a sting, but it heals. Sugar makes it worse. It brings flavor. Shout hallelujah. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He's the light. Jesus has got nothing to do with darkness. If you are born again, you fight depression. Why do you fight depression? He's supposed to be the light of the world. And wherever the light is, darkness cannot comprehend it. You can put off all the lights in the church. You're walking with a torch. The, what happens with the light? The light takes over darkness. Look at me right now. In the name of Jesus, He's the light of the world. I declare every form of darkness over you, over your family, over your marriage, over your money. I rebuke it now by the power of the light. He's the light of the world. The light of the world. Why are so many Christians walking in darkness, walking in fear, listening to fake news? What is about what the COVID is going to do? The reason is there's no light in them. I say this again, if your friends is worldly and they invite you to prize and parties and you don't convince them, there's no light in you. Light pushes out darkness. This is why I don't get invited to family brides. When I get invited to family brides, they must convert. 
because the light steps in. This is why you can get somewhere and they don't like your face. Why? Because they're uncomfortable. Because you're a light carrier. Come on, he, Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of the life. This is why when he came to reside here, nobody had to tell me, don't do that, don't do that. He's the light. The light shines forth. The light destroys darkness. Look at me right now. It destroys darkness. Because you know depression is darkness. Lack is that darkness. The enemy is fighting marriages like never before. Why is it quiet? Because I've hit, a, I've hit a mark there. The enemy fights marriages like never before. How do we break that power? By bringing the light. You fight. The Bible says don't go to bed without saying sorry. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So why did you go to bed and you're angry at one another? You don't, you don't say sorry, you go to bed. What happens? Satan won. Darkness has just surrounded your house and your marriage. That's exactly what happened. But when you do what the Bible says, you're angry at one another. Call me, but. And I'm speaking that, that's what your wife will say to you. Okay, mama. My wife quotes the Bible so much. She told me that they listened to me. Thou shall not make me angry. I said, from what Bible does that come from? She says, the first book of Mood, chapter, or first Mood 24, <laughs> verse 7. Amen. Okay, she's got a Bible that I know about. <laughs> Thou shall not make me angry. In the book of first Mood, chapter 24, verse 7. But what do you do? You pray. I said, you pray together. You tell that devil where to get off. There's a light that shines in me. Come on, I say there's a, there's a light. There's a light that shines in me. And that light will take over your children. They will become seekers of the light. They will see mom and dad is right with God. Come on, we want what you have. I want, this is the testimony that I want before I go to the grave. I want to know that my children says that's a father that I want to be like. Kaylee said in our house, she's got a dad that sings. He sings the whole day. He cries the whole day. That's what I do. I bring the light. And when I bring the light, I bring the joy. Hallelujah. Come on, this joy that I have. It did not come through the world's darkness. It came through the light. Come on. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. I want you to jump to your feet and shout, yes. I am the light. I am the light. This is what Jesus says. I'm the light of the earth. Do you like this? Yes. I'm not going to be long today. Five o'clock, we'll be out of this place. The time is here and we have to get the word and get the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on, Jesus says, John chapter 6. You can write this down. Verse 45. Jesus spoke and he said, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Now, look at me quickly. When Moses said, Lord, who do I say have sent me? What God is actually telling him. You tell that Pharaoh, the light of the world. <laughs> the light of the world has sent me to Egypt. The bread of life has sent me to Egypt. You see, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. 
This is what he means is if you don't serve him, there will always be an emptiness, a void in your heart. And drugs cannot get you that satisfaction. There's only one high and that's the most high. Am I speaking to somebody? Jesus said, I am the bread of life, the manna that came from heaven. He even said this, your forefathers was fed with manna that rained down from heaven. He says, but now I have come from heaven as the bread of life. Come on, whoever eats the manna that falls from the sky will be hungry again. But those who eat of me, they will never hunger ever again. They will never thirst again. Listen to me. Jesus is the answer to all your questions. He's the yoke destroyer. Come on, I'm not preaching to somebody. You have a need in your family. Get to know Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Part-time Christians can't defeat full-time demons. We have too many part-time Christians. Too many part-time Christians. You can see this when you preach the truth of the word. And people get offended and run away. I, I, I saw a preacher in South Africa. Somebody commented on his Facebook. They said, if you come to this nation, we will honor you. Your own people can't honor you. Amen. And he's in South Africa. They said, come to, the, come to our nation. That nation is no longer honoring. They don't want to hear the truth. Get out of there. Come to a people who's hungry. Hungry. This is why Jesus didn't say, he says, if you are coming to him. Now, this is why the Bible says, God blesses those who hunger and what? First. Hunger and first. So first of all, you have to be hungry. Desperate. Now, I'm not talking about hungry in the flesh. Hungry for the Lord. Where you say, it's like Jacob, Lord, I'm not letting you go. Not until you have blessed me. How many of you can be honest before the Lord had an encounter with God? How many of you can be honest and say, I have placed such a demand on God that I said, I will not go to bed tonight. Not until I've been to the Holy of Holies. Lord, my husband and I, we're not going to bed tonight. Not until we see the heavens shaken up, heaven open up and your blessing come down. Come on, how many of you can be honest and say, I'm hungry and thirsty? After righteousness. Amen. People are no longer hungry, no longer thirsty. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The bread of life. Anything besides him is not worth Amen. it. This is what Jesus actually was meaning. If you eat of the world, you'll come back unsatisfied. It will cost you everything. He says, but if you take of me, I'm the bread of life. You'll never hunger again. It will cost you nothing. It cost me everything. I laid down my life. I lay down my life so that you can just pick it up and walk. That's what Jesus says. Amen. I'm the bread of life. Shout hallelujah. John 10, 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I want you to understand this. Jesus does not make sick. Yes. I saw something on Facebook where a, a whole group criticized me. Exposing fake and false teachers in South Africa. So my name was mentioned on there, Whips with Wiggles Whips. When I saw that, I said, I'm promoted. I'm promoted. I'm promoted. They said this supposed uh, healer, faith healer, so-called faith healer. I, I don't know who called me faith healer, but in any case, I've never, I've never called myself a faith healer. But in any case, they said, He's healing through the Kundalini spirit. I had a big laugh. I said, that's unbiblical. The Kundalini spirit is unbiblical. Show me one scripture in the Bible that the Bible says the Kundalini spirit has healed. I, I want to see that. 
Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So the devil brings sickness and then he takes it away. It's a kundalini. Ah, goodness. They said the same about Jesus. They said he cast out demons by the help of demons. And if you look at the woman that creates this Facebook uh, page, under her description she, or description, she says she's a born-again believer. A born-again believer of Satan. Not of Christ. Then she says, when, when somebody's sick, I magically speak into the ears. I whisper words into the ears, and then they get magically healed. Um, whisper in the ears. Maybe I blow open that ear. I don't know. You must see me stick a finger in that ear. I wonder what it would have said of me then. You see, because they don't know the good shepherd. The good shepherd just heals. Then the statement says, and he believes that demons are, is the main cause of sickness. How fake is he? Who's the main cause of sickness? Jesus said he saw a man that had the spirit of iniquity when he cast out the spirit. He was healed. I say this and I approve this. Demons are 99% the root cause of main sicknesses. So Jesus is the good shepherd. A good shepherd who lays down his life. He's not the one who gives you cancer. It's not what Jesus does. He's not the schizophrenic. Jesus is not the one who took your child when he was 12 years old. It was not Jesus. He says, I have come to give you life and that in abundance. The thief has come to kill, to steal and to destroy. Why don't we understand about that? The devil is the one who kills, destroys families. Come on, that's the devil's work, not the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Tell that Pharaoh, I am the good shepherd. I have come for my own. It just dropped in my spirit. We will see the same effect when God got his people out of Egypt. This is what God will do for his people in Egypt. Very soon he's sending us and saying, hey, get them. It's over. He's the good shepherd. Shout, he's the good shepherd. My good. He's good. He's good. I said, he's good. Mark 14. They said to him, are you the Messiah? He said, I am. Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? I am. This is Mark 14, 61. But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? Even, even, even they called God blessed. And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. I am the Messiah. I am your savior. You better watch me right now. Addictions can only be broken by the Messiah. He's the one who breaks this. Listen, if you have an addiction, you don't need that patch on your chest. You need Jesus Christ. One encounter with the Messiah. He breaks forth. Come on, my goodness. Hear me. You don't need sleeping pills. You don't need antidepressanta. Anti. Lozi depressanta. Why don't you try the gospel? The anti is by depressive. Says of antidepressante. It's not for men, by the way. It's only for the antis. It's not the um depressante. It's antidepressant. But anyway, I know what my wife thinks. The reason why it's for the antis is because the men makes them depressed. So, <laughs> Amen, I got a revelation. Yeah. But the Messiah is the one who's a deliverer. 
Please hear me. He's a deliverer. The deliverer will break forth to anybody who calls upon his name. He is greater than any addiction that you have. Any shame that you have. He's a deliverer. Hear me. He delivers you of sin. He delivers, delivers you of whatever you need to be delivered from. You need a revelation. Who does man say that I am? Who do you say that he is? You are a deliverer. My deliverer. The Bible says he's my deliverer in a time of need. He delivers. But you have to have a mindset that's different. You have to make up your mind. You have to wake up one morning and say, this is the last day that I'm going to be depressed. You better hear me. I know what depression is. I wanted to commit suicide at the age of 12. I was in a deep hole of depression. Until one day my wife said to me, now God needs to do something. Amen. And I stood up to my feet. I said, devil, come here. I know it will be just for what I say. I felt fear grip me when I said, devil, come here. I said, let me tell you something. This is the last day that I will live like this. The last day. I said, the blood of Jesus is against you. Bang, peace came into my heart. I've never been depressed again. And I did not see a psychologist. I spoke to the doctor of all doctors. I made up my mind. This is the last day that the devil is going to dictate my joy and take off me. I've made my, my wife, my children's life miserable by being depressed. And you just allow the enemy just to steal and take from you. No, he's a deliverer. My God is a deliverer. And when you have a revelation that he's a deliverer, I don't have to sit and speak to somebody for seven years. I stand up in the authority. I give you the keys. Whatever you bind shall be bound. You stand up, you make up your mind. My joy does not come from my boyfriend. It comes from the Lord Almighty. If my, my joy should come from people. I would have been so miserable because on social media, everybody's got an opinion. It's where Mr. Critic shows his intelligence. You don't have to worry about that. Your joy Woo, comes from the Lord, the Prince of Peace. Don't, because you're miserable, make your wife miserable. Get to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you have to set me free. This is good preaching, by the way. I want to buy this DVD myself. Sister, get me one ready, please. Do we have a card machine? I need to show you. <laughs> John 10. Jesus says the following. He says, I am the gate. I am the gate. What does this mean? I am the gate. I am the access to the Holy of Holies. Come on. I am the gate. I am the door. I am the veil. I am the prince of life. When Jesus says, I am the gate. Listen, I want to read this to you. Follow this, John chapter uh, 10, verse 7 to 10. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Pause there. The one translation speaks about the gate. You'll see it later on. The door for the sheep. In other words, Oprah is wrong. Very wrong. Amen. Jesus is the only way. Not a way. Not some way. And, you don't need the vaccine to go to heaven. I am going to heaven without any vaccines. The only vaccine you need is the double dose of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They pierced his side so that I don't need to be pierced. Shout yes. So he himself says, most assuredly I said to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
through me, there's no other way. That's what Jesus said. Not through me, through him. Don't misquote me. He said he's the door. He's the only way to the Father. I said he's the only way to the Father. Let's go on. Let's go to verse 8. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Why? Because the sheep knows the voice of the shepherd. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might, might what? Have what? Life. What? Life. Death. Life. Misery. Life. Life. And what? That they may have it more abundantly. So what God says, the life that you live, I want you to live it abundantly. Live large. Eat and be merry. Do we have one more? Is that it? That's it. So Jesus says, I am the gate. There's no other way. There's no other way. You tell that Pharaoh, the gate has sent me. You tell Pharaoh, the way has sent me. I'm not going. Listen, Pharaoh even said to him, and this is a prophecy to somebody. Pharaoh even said to him, take them. Leave your possessions. He said, Pharaoh, hang on. Hang on now, brother. I've been with the I am. He says, I leave nothing, not even a hoof shall be left behind. Oh, you don't get this. Don't let the devil tell you, I'll let you go. But let me tell you, I'm going to rob you of all your finances. Get you in debt. You tell the devil, brother, the only way I'm getting out of here, no hoof shall be left behind. I'm coming for everything. I'm speaking to people right now that says they have stolen my joy. I'm coming back for everything. He stole my marriage. I'm coming back for everything. Come on. I'm not a hoof. Not a hoof shall be left behind. I'm coming back for everything. Do you know what? This is why the church of Jesus Christ, when we say, the I am has sent me, we have something to back it up. Do you get this? It's not just anybody who sends you. The I am. This is why Paul later in scripture says I am. What I am? By the grace of God. Are you, do you like this? John 11, 25, 26. And every time I, I call, I speak about the I am. I want you to take it. I want you to grab it. Make it your own. Do you get this? Take it to your heart. Jesus says this in the book of John 11. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. What does this mean? If you are born again, really, really born again, when you die, you're not dead. I've got news for you. If you breathe out your last right now, you're more alive than ever before. Ever before. Especially, especially when, you, when you're saved. Your body returns back to dust, but your spirit man will receive a new body. Come on, you will walk on the streets of gold. This is why Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I'm the life. Look at me right now. They, they scorched Jesus Christ. The Bible says the Romans scorched him, not the Jews. The Jews had 40 more, minus one stripe. There was 39 stripes, but the Romans sometimes killed people. This is why they've beaten Jesus so much when they scorched him. That the, do you know the theologians reckon that you could have seen, and the scholar says, especially the Hebrew uh, um, scholar says that you can see his intestines. You could have seen Jesus breathing, his lungs going up and down. He lost all of his blood, but that did not kill him. The insults that he received 
when he was hanging on the cross did not kill him man's opinion did not kill him he says i am the resurrection and i am the life i have the power to lay down my life freely and freely i will take it up again why did jesus die because he said it the devil did not whisper in his ear and say jesus it is finished he did not say that jesus says i am the alpha i am the omega i am the beginning and i am the end i'm everything in between i make up my mind when it's over how many of you has heard the devil say to you it is finished it is a lie it's only Jesus that can say it is finished. And this is why Jesus speaks through me right now. I say it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. The I am says let my people go. I am the resurrection. And I am the life. This is what Jesus says. I am the resurrection. He who believes in me. Though he may die. He shall live. 26. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Amen. So when a loved one goes to the Lord, they never die. The body sleeps, go back to dust, to corruption. But when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are with Him forevermore. This is why when you die today, you're not going to go and rest in a grave. You rest with Him. He's your Sabbath. Oh, basically, I have to go to church on the Sabbath. Every day Sabbath. Every day Sabbath. When I, the Sabbath is you enter into His rest. I don't enter His rest on, on a Sunday. I am in His rest every day. Why? Because He said, I am the Prince of Peace. You get this? Whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? John 8, 23, I am from above. I am not of this world. Jesus Himself said, I am from above. I am from above. Why do people still operate from a worldly perspective? Especially when it comes to money. I, I, I want to get into that again. Especially when it comes to money. You, you don't know what we're going through. If it's a worldly perspective, you're done. You're done. Money, by the way, is just a, a couple of numbers in some paper. Amen? Hallelujah. I am from above. This is why Paul says, think heavenly things things that is above because that's where you are from you are from above when you're from above you act like a big shot come on you walk in authority and power that has been given to you from above the authority this is why also with what jesus says he says the only authority that you have over me is that which was given from above do you get this all authority comes from above when you rebuke a devil, my authority does not come from this earth. I'm not of this earth. Jesus says the earth, if you came from this place, they would have loved you. Because the world loves their own. He says, but be of good cheer, I have overcome this world. We don't just serve any Jesus. We serve an overcomer. He said, if they hated me, they will hate you also. Am I speaking to the right crowd? He said, why don't they like me? Do you want them to like you? Then you're of this world. They don't like you, you know. You're not of this world. You're from above. Come on, I'm almost done. John 8 says, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Why did Jesus say that? He says, before Abraham was, was what? Created. I am creator. Jesus was there from the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. Everything that has been created was created for him and to him. Say this with me. Before Abraham was, I am. 
Come on, Revelation says, I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I'm the beginning. I am the end. Come on, I am the beginning. He's your starting point. This is why Yahweh should not be, should not be said with a tongue. You have to say, it's like a breathing. Amen. Who remembered I said that? This is how you say Yahweh. I am the Alpha. You, you, when you're born, the first thing that you do, you breathe. The last thing you do when you, when you die. Alpha, Omega, beginning and the end. He's everything. Satan can't say that. He was created. Satan can't say, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega. Hear me right now. My father is the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who of you believe with all of your heart that when you serve Jesus Christ, Satan has no right to your end? Who believes that with all of your heart? He does not decide when you end. That's God's job. And when you end, hear me right now. I refuse to believe that you will have to go with sickness and disease. You can go in an old age. Come on. Your eyes is as great as it was when it was 40. Boston, my friend, help me there. Come on, I'm speaking to people right now that believe. What? Who does man say that I am? You are that you are. You, I am the I am. I believe, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are the Alpha and the Omega to my life. You draw my starting line, then you draw my ending line. And I am going to end great. Oh, I'm going to run this race. I'm going to finish my course. Coming for me is laid up a treasure, a crown of righteousness. Am I the only guy excited in this place? This is why Jesus says, who does man say that? What revelation do they receive from me? I'm giving you just a couple. There's seven, more than 7,000. I'm just giving you a couple. The Alpha, the Omega. I'm almost there. John 14, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I am the life. If you need a way, He's the way. Amen. If you need the truth, He is the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I am the life. You want life? He's the life. He's the eternal life. He's the abundant life. Last week Sunday I spoke about the vine. He said, I am the vine. You know, I have to give credit this to my wife. She, she gave me a scripture that's so powerful. When Jesus sat with the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. One of us, if you're not a Jew today. And this woman heard about Christ. She heard about the I am. And they had a conversation with one another. And they spoke about the Messiah to come. And this is the most powerful thing. She said to the Lord, Lord, we are, we are waiting for the Messiah. He said, I am Him. I am it. I am Him. Amen. What, what does He mean by that? I am the answer to all of your questions. Lord, we are waiting on the Messiah. I am. I am the answer. Oh, that's beautiful. I am the answer to all of your questions. I am the answer to all of your needs. This is why. Why do you think the Bible calls him the all-sufficient Savior? Anything that you need, he's got it covered. The all-sufficient Savior. And it's only through the Holy Spirit that you can walk with revelation. Who do you think you are? Let me tell you. I am that I am has sent me. I want to say this to a couple of people that will believe this right now. And I want to, I want to ask them, this go to something exciting. 
But I want to say this in the name of Jesus Christ. From this day, let the devil hear me right now. From this day, I'm walking with my head up high. I'm walking as a king and as a priest. Come on, I am that I am by the grace of God. When I need an answer, He is my answer. When I need refuge, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my tower, my deliverer. He is my friend. Come on, the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. From everlasting to everlasting. The joy of the world. That's my Jesus. Come on, do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Depression. You tell that devil. That's the last day. Listen to me. Before, before we're going to get too excited. You better tell that devil, today's the last day. I make up my mind. Today is the last day that I'm walking with this depression. Today is the last day of a miserable marriage. Okay, I'm going to try this side. Today is the last day where I fear. Come on, you better tell that demon in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. Listen, don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. Take your authority. Say, you devil. I serve the great I am. I have no need. He's the all-sufficient Savior. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. You tell that devil, shackles are being broken by the power of God. Come on, tell that depression. It's the Lord.